I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Hey there, hi there, ho there, my friendly viewerinos. It is us, Spooky Time Presents, with mm -hmm. our second week of Hitchcockian drama. The word Hitchcockian is so aggressive. It that is. is the most aggressive word when it comes to anything relating to film. Hey, what's Probably the new movie about? The, it's been Hitchcocked. I loved it. Like, cock is in it. Like... The word cock resides comfortably in the middle of that word. Oh. I just, I can't. Yeah. Not even at the. Hitchcockian. We're going to meet to ourselves if we keep talking about Hitchcockian. <laughs> Cammy's going to be upset. He was the no, Harvey Weinstein of his day. Uh, was I don't he? know if I would go that far, but I'd, I'd say he was more like the Quentin Tarantino of his day. No, I feel like that's an insult to Quentin Tarantino. He was worse. I think he was worse than Quentin Tarantino. But like, he was the Stanley Kubrick of his day. Even oh. though they kind of no, even they though they were BFFs, they weren't in the same day. Different days. He is. He the was Hitchcock the Billy of Friedkin <laughs> of the '30s and also through the '60s. Huh. A golden era. He was the Hitchcock of Hollywood, and he. Loved he, blonde women and wouldn't leave them alone. And he wore that as a badge of honor. Probably shouldn't have. But that's Hitchcock for you. Speaking of Hitchcock, I want to talk about me because I'm an egomaniac. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm one of your hosts today. Uh, and my name is Kyle, or as they call me around the house, Mommy's Fancy Little Boy. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Do they call you that? <laughs> uh, just Mommy. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Mommy loves me dearly. Who got all these Cheerios on the floor? Was it Mommy's Fancy Little Boy? Oh. <laughs> Tis I, Mommy. Tis I. <laughs> Got a big lollipop and a, like a sailor hat, but still wearing a polo and yeah. jeans. A polo under my sailor uniform. And I am 28 in this <laughs> image. Yes. I like this Same. thought. Like beardy yeah. Kyle with a big lollipop and like a poorly placed Shirley Temple wig. <laughs> but like there's like the beard and the, oh boy. We're all hanging around a bonfire. I crack open a beer. It's like, oh wait, my mom's calling. Yes, mommy. <laughs> I'm at the malt shop with my chums. <laughs> Do you want me to pick up some Twizzlers? <laughs> Twizzlers? No, no, no. Mommy, I forgot. You're a red vine woman. <laughs> she loves her red vines, and she'll beat me senseless if I bring home Twizzlers again. Why does red vine woman sound like like a ZZ Top song? <laughs> red vine woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else is joining me in uh, this fun little motel? Really a roadside attraction. It's me, Cam Loomis, and Hershey's Syrup is my favorite type of body wash. It lathers like a dream. It does. Sticky, but effective. Delicious. And who's that man looking at me through the hole in the wall? Oh, it's me, your Uncle Jared. Uh, I uh, I don't declare my taxes. <laughs> the, the government what is after jerk. me right now. Oh, no. I deserve uh, it. I deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you can't tell uh, by what we've been talking about for the past, what, two minutes now? 11 minutes? What the fuck? I just don't hit stop the recorder. I just get everything. Oh, no. (laughs) This is four minutes. Anywho, uh, Spooky Time presents movies. We talk about horror movies, and today we're talking about the horror movie, Hitchcock's 1960 classic, Psycho. Good afternoon. Here we have a quiet little motel tucked away off the main highway. And as you see, perfectly harmless looking. When in fact, it has now become known as the scene of the crime. Uh, which is one of my personal favorite films of all time. Um, super excited to talk about this. Starring Vince Vaughn with as my Psycho. Shut up! <laughs> oh, God. Don't, no, even, it's don't not. even get me fucking started, Kyle. And hey, who? I said um, the same thing last episode. Honestly, I've never seen that one. I've never seen the uh <laughs> Don't! I don't wanna. I have... I think I've said this already. I've talked about this. I have a VHS of it sitting in my room. I just... It was given to me for free. I don't think I'll ever touch it. I don't wanna. Just like me and my shake weight. Oh. <laughs> this movie stars Janet Leigh, Tony Perkins, Vera Miles, John Gavin, uh, Martin Balsam, and with a fun little, uh, not a cameo, but a fun little bit part by uh, Pat Hitchcock, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's daughter, um, her co-worker at the bank. Bank? It's a bank, right? No, it's a realty firm. A realty firm, yeah. I'm like, she doesn't work at a bank. That's Then why would she take the money from the bank to the other bank? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Your cousin, Marvin Balsam. <laughs> you know that new plot synopsis you've been looking for? <laughs> now listen to this. All right, here we go. Marion Crane is living the American dream. She has a job at a realty firm. A boyfriend who's totally broke, and one of those 50s poke-your-eye-out pointy bras. I poke my eye. <laughs> va 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 voom uh, One day at her, jo- her job, some Doug Dimadome-ass Dimadouche <laughs> comes in <laughs> to, uh, uh, flashing his $40,000 to buy his daughter a home, and she rightfully decides to steal it because that guy is an asshole. We'll talk about that more later. Yes. She yep. deserves that money. Um... Because she wants to lick the stamps on her boyfriend's alimony payments. Uh, she skips town, gets followed by a creepy cop, trades in her car, and cozies up for a night at the Bates Motel. Or so she thinks. It's actually a hotel. Ooh. She eats a sandwich with ultimate mama's boy and expert bird stuffer, Norman. <laughs> He's a weirdo, so she retires for the evening. She showers, and oh my god, Mrs. Bates kills her for it. Mrs. Bates being Norman's... Mother. Agnes Skinner-type <laughs> protective mother. And another thing! Her sister and boyfriend try to get to the bottom of her disappearance with the help of a P.I., who is terrible at his job because he, too, is murdered by crazy old Mrs. Bates. Sam, her boyfriend, and Lila, her sister, go to the motel themselves, act crazy suspicious to Norman, 
<laughs> we'll talk about that later, too. And distract Norman long enough for Lila to find Mrs. Bates's yucky corpse in the fruit cellar. <gasps> I thought she was a ghost. She's been nope, dead this whole time. <laughs> Norman runs potato. in to kill her, but is subdued and taken to the big house, where a psychiatrist explains the whole situation to us painfully slowly. Uh, Norman is in jail, and Marion's car is pulled from a pond. The end. I love how much it cost to buy a car back in then. Yeah. $700, here you go. Total fucking low. It's the first time I've ever seen a, a customer pressure a salesman. <laughs> aye, aye. I fucking love this movie. I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. Because I feel like I'm just going to be boring talking about how much I like it this whole episode. Uh, Kyle, I want to hear from you. That's me. Ah. I also want to hear from you, Jarrett. Don't worry. But I want to hear from Kyle first. Yes. We're going in alphabetical order. No, we're not. Unless we go by Shut last up, name. Shut up, Kyle. <laughs> Just talk. Anyway. Oh, yes. My name is Kyle. And I'm here to say I know this movie is good. I know it as an academic fact. <sighs> but I've seen I've seen it before, and I know everything that's going to happen just from yeah. parodies and satire. So it's when there's a scene of prolonged suspense, like the scene where she's talking to Norman and getting to know him, and he's kind of tipping his crazy hand. It's like, oh, like, I know he's going to stab you. Like, can it happen? Mm-hmm. And I I was be, I was a poor sport, I know. I, this movie is, I should have sat down with a nice glass of a whiskey, a dark room, my faithful hound under my hand as I pet. I should have sat and watched it, but, and given it the time it needed. But I was distracted. I think I switched TVs once. And it just wow. didn't grab me this time. No? No. Well, and I bummer. don't think it'll happen in the future. I, th- I think, I think that the whole... Um, this movie is almost like a like a gimmick, and that's how it was marketed a little bit. We'll talk about that a little later, but I think that if you see this movie once, unless you really really like it, you don't need to watch it again. You you've experienced because it. the yeah. shock and yeah, the the shock and like the oh my god, what a twist! It's the uncut gems of its day. Yes, I like that absolutely. Or like the sixth sense of its day i think that the sixth sense and all of m night Shyamalan's movies wouldn't exist without psycho and like other suspicious suspenseful hitchcock movies my night was conceived while his parents were watching psycho (laughs) oh that makes sense Uh, Jarrett, Jarrett, how about you? How do you feel? Uh, I love this movie i i still remember where i was the first time i saw it all the way through um yeah but you totally hit the nail on the head though it's good like the rewatch value on this is like uh every halloween maybe like every other halloween like around that time of year Mm -hmm. but it's definitely it's one of the like i i you're constantly chasing that high of the first time you, you saw it all the way through and yeah, it's got the 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 twist is iconic. It's been like Kyle said, been parodied and fucking everything, and it's mother. Whoa, um, yes. Uh-huh. So it's mother. I get it. Oh uh, yeah, but I mean, I the thing I think is most interesting about this like movie in general is that it spawned like a sequel like twenty five years later. That's kind of fun, oh, I guess. But like, yeah, it's this is just like quintessential like film viewing in general. Not necessarily. It, it It is essential horror, but I think it's just, it definitely crosses into that, uh, that it makes the line blurry for essential film viewing. So that's where I'm at with it. I think, I think this movie is worth 
two watches. The first one, if you don't know what's coming, unfortunately, the first time I saw this movie, I already knew what was going to happen. Um, I can't remember if I didn't exactly know what was going to ha- happen because I saw, I, th- I saw this movie when I was, a, I think, a senior in high school for the first time all the way through. Um, Same Z's. And I already, I, I watched it in Mr. Stoner's rhetorical analysis of media class. Same Z's. <laughs> with Except Matt I Wilder, mi- our, friend, our friend Matt sitting. Oh, you did? Yeah, she was awesome. Aw, I never had her. She's very nice. Very, very nice lady. She was the former valedictorian, and then she came back to teach. Yes, she was. It's like a welcome back Cotter Nerd. situation. I'm assuming that's <laughs> what that show is about, but. Yep, I've never seen it, but I think you might be right. <laughs> i'm not sure um so i had um our friend matt over my shoulder the entire time like that's norman bates that's norman bates he's he's the killer he he did it and i'm like yeah yeah i know yeah yeah man so we we analyzed this movie um in that class which was really fun to do um just looked at I know that the correct word is analyzed. Oh. I wanted to make that clear. Anyway, <laughs> we we oh. just analyzed the crap out of this movie. Um, and it was a lot of fun to do because you don't really... I feel like this movie is really close analysis-wise to like The Shining, <coughs> where people just look at everything and, and, and everything, every detail is there for a reason. Um just wild speculations about everything that that happens in this movie even though this is like for the most yeah, part to- like totally the shining this and like I would even even throw the graduate in there too. Yes. Yeah. Um there's a reason for everything and so we've got the fun like bird theme in this movie. There's <sighs> birds everywhere. She eats like a bird. Her last name is Crane. Oh, um I just got that. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's a Plymouth Skylark. <laughs> Did you guys ever see that deleted scene where it's like Norman Bates is like on the bed and he's like he it, it's just like you just see some you're in someone's point of view and then it's like he's laying on the bed and he's just like okay Marion you can come in and then like the camera like does this crazy like pan thing and then it's like above them all of a sudden and there's just like a gigantic bird on top of him like the fucking penguin from billy madison he's just like oh Marion, i wish i didn't kill you and he's like, i don't know why but for some reason i thought that you were going to say that norman was wearing like the duck costume from the uh, haunted mask episode of goosebumps <laughs> i'm a duck carly beth um, yeah, so I think before we get into analyzing this movie further, do we want to talk about some of our favorite scenes? Do we want to do the fun facts first? I like facts. Learning makes my brain grow. Wow. Yes. The reading rainbow. Iron helps us play. <laughs> Love it. All right. Let's fact it up. All right. First of all. I love and appreciate this movie for many reasons, but I think one of the biggest reasons is that it completely changed the way that people went to the movies. So this movie, uh, Alfred Hitchcock 
did everything in his power to make sure that people did not know the ending of the movie. Uh, that it wasn't spoiled. That every person who walked into the theater, unless they were seeing it again, if they were brand new to this movie, they were seeing it for the first time, they didn't know what was going to happen. They had no idea that Janet Lee's character was going to die halfway through the movie. Um, they had no idea that... Um, Norman was actually the killer the whole time. Uh, so they had little signs, cardboard cutouts of Alfred Hitchcock saying, "If you, you, there is no admittance to this movie after the door's shut when the movie starts. You can't come in. So lights off the whole time. You can't have people coming in and out. Once you are in the theater, you stay. You're quiet. You watch the movie, which is... I want written on my gravestone, I think, um, because I, ah. I'm i just one of those people where if I'm going to the movies, I need everybody to be quiet. Like, put your phone down. No phones in the movie theater. Just pay attention. Let's just have this moment together as an audience. Um, I think a lot of people are. I, I, I'm saying that, like, I'm, like. Like you're a purist. Yeah, that. like uh, I'm unique to that situation. I think everybody, unless you're an asshole and you look at your phone while you're at the movies. Oh my God, that drives me fucking Everybody's nuts. like that. It I drives wait for the title card to make insane. phone calls. That's what I do. Huh? I go to the movies to make phone calls. I wait till the title card is on the screen <laughs> and then I call the office. I hate you. Hey, Jerry, can I talk to you real quick? No, no, I'm at the movies. Yeah. Yeah, they hate me. <laughs> what do you see? That one guy's got a gun. I think, uh, I definitely feel like after quarantine is lifted, if it's ever lifted, uh, or if this is how we're going to be forever, no, anyone going to the movies will not have their phone, like, or they won't, like, use their phone. And if they do, I'll be like, hey, asshole, did you, like, you had, like, six months to use your fucking phone, like... Yeah. What is your deal? Like, come on. The virus should have taken you, not my wife. (laughs) I don't feel like a lot of Alfred Hitchcock's movies were very gimmicky like that. They were mostly just like suspenseful thriller type movies. Um, And a lot of them up until this point were in color. And they had been since the, what, the late 30s, 40s. Um, He had just made North by Northwest, which was... 3D. Amazing and star studded and uh, you know fantastic color. It's a beautiful movie. Um, so the I think all the this the studio and everybody else was like, why are you making this like gritty movie in black and white? You know. Um, so you've got the the gimmick with the nobody's allowed in the theater after the movie starts, which feels almost William Castley. Like, William Castle made uh, House on Haunted Hill, uh, which doesn't really have much of a gimmick, but he made 13 Ghosts, where, you know, if you're in the theater, if you're watching the movie and you wear special 3D glasses, you can see the ghosts. Uh, The Tingler he made, where the gimmick was... If, if you were in the theater, there was a part of the movie where it, the screen blacked out, and then Vincent Price's... Uh, a voice over the speaker is like, oh, my God, the tingler's loose in this theater. And they installed buzzers in some of the seats in the theaters <laughs> um, just to, like, freak people out, you know. And so I feel like this felt like that. But, of course, people knew who Alfred Hitchcock was because he had been making movies for decades before this one came out. 
Um, yeah. So that being said, the Tingler studio, um, um, Alfred Hitchcock wanted to make this movie so bad that he, uh, he, he waived his, his normal $250,000 fee fee. Yeah. His salary for, for making any movie with any studio, I guess. Um, and he was like, okay, I will take instead, I'll just take like 60% of what the movie makes. Paramount was like, this movie's not going to do well because I'm sure, you know, they read the source material. They were like, are you sure? Like, you want to make this? He's From like, Bobby Block? Yes, I, don't think I do. So. And, and so he was like, okay, instead, I won't get a salary. I'll just take 60% of whatever it grosses. He ended up making $15 million <laughs> off of this movie because everybody went to see it. Um <laughs> I know. Joke's on Paramount. You just That'll... got Hitchcocked, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Bitchcock. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Um, this is based on the novel by Robert Block, uh, who based the novel off of a blurb in a Wisconsin newspaper. I don't know if it was a Wisconsin newspaper, but on newspaper, um, wherever he was when he read about Ed Gein. Um, he read about the murders in Plainfield, Wisconsin, and, um, so this happened very quickly. So the Ed I think Ed Gein was arrested. Like, they found out everything in the late 50s. It was, like, 57? 58? Something like that. Um, so he, Robert Block read... Fresh in America's mind. (laughs) Yeah, he, he read a small blurb about Ed Gein in, um, in a newspaper, and he was like, I'm gonna, I have an idea for a novel. He didn't even know about the whole Ed Gein mom thing. He just wrote that into his book, and it happened to correlate. Um, so this is like, we can like check off yet another Ed Gein-inspired, um movie villain i'll add it to the list uh, yeah we've got like 40 of them so far um i love it yeah so then hitchcock read it and he was like holy shit i want to make this into a movie he bought every single copy of robert block's novel that he could find because he didn't want anybody to know the ending of the movie uh when he decided to make it which is genius that is such a great strategy especially if you have the money to do so no spoilers also kind of a dick moves like hey author i loved your book no one will ever read it (laughs) but i mean he made a lot of money yeah you know he he bought all the copies it's not like he like burned them (laughs) maybe found them and burned them or anything well no one's gonna read his next book because they don't know who he is anymore (laughs) go Um, down to the corner store and buy all the copies you can I'm Boris Karloff. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't sound very Hitchcock. Oopsies. Yeah. I'm going to win the science fair. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's probably my favorite line in that movie ever. Oh, Frankenweenie. Initially, um, I have a lot to say about the um, the shower scene. The famous, famous shower scene. Um, But... We'll talk about that later when we, you know, talk about it. But um, initially... If you pause it just right, you can see her nipple. Yeah. I went through that sequence with a fine-tooth comb, baby. There's there's 0.83 seconds of nip. Wow. 
Good for you. And for the nip. Um, you got to find ways to occupy your time in the quarantine. <laughs> I look for nipples. <laughs> That's cool, Kyle. <laughs> Good for you. Um, Alfred Hitchcock loved the music that uh, Bernard Herrmann created for the movie so much that he doubled his salary. Um, I was going to say, so he, bought, so he bought all the copies of the soundtrack so no one could hear it. <laughs> I don't want anyone to hear this. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, he and he initially didn't want music over the shower scene, over the the murder in the shower. But he, uh, Bernard Herrmann, he scored it anyway. He was like, okay, I just, I was just playing around and like, here's this. I, I scored the shower scene. Do you like it? And he was like, like it. I love it. Hitchcock. <laughs> <So, Yeah>. <laughs> that's probably what he sounded like. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, uh, Bernard Herrmann's score is half of this movie, which I think is why Alfred Hitchcock was like, "Here, have more money, double, it. double it, pay him whatever he wants." Take it from my fifteen million. Oh. <laughs> and of course, you've got Saul Bass doing the um, the iconic, like the opening, and it's gorgeous. This movie is beautiful. Oh, we talked about North by Northwest earlier. I think it's funny that North by Northwest ends with an implied sex scene like they're making out right they're like and they're on a train <laughs> and then the train goes into a tunnel which is like and the then back ultimate, out and back yeah in. <laughs> it's like the ultimate like Phallic they're doing symbol. it you know that is that is an alert and then this movie starts with a couple post coitus like getting you know that afterglow um sort of just right into it <laughs> <laughs> whatever you say baby i'll call you in the morning and we start with a bird's eye view call. you know um and i think birds are the theme here the bird is the word <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay let's Let's talk about some scenage here. Let's just talk about the the film as a whole. I feel I feel like I could talk all day about this movie and anyone else could talk all day about this movie too. There's a um brilliant documentary on Hulu. I watched it on Hulu um at the moment about it's about the making of this movie but more specifically just the shower scene. <laughs> Riveting riveting stuff and they they interview everybody everybody's there they interview jamie lee curtis they interview um uh mick garris eli roth just everybody horror their giants grandma. producers editors former president jimmy carter i enjoyed it <laughs> it's called 7852 colon hitchcock's shower scene <laughs> Um, it's very, very interesting, and if you're interested in this movie and how it was made, check it out. Go check it out. Um. Cammy's Lock of the Week? Yeah, Lock of the Week. Definitely. Cha-ching. 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 Go watch it. Um, okay. So, should we start with the shower scene, maybe? Yeah. Should we start, because... Give the kids what they want. One of the most yeah. iconic scenes in film history <laughs> as a whole. And it's one of the most parodied and yeah. adapted into other forms. You've got, you know, the Simpsons did it 
when Maggie hits Homer over the head with a hammer. Yeah. Um, and the paint spills and he grabs like the tarp and then it's like his eye, it, it, which is beautifully done. I love when the Simpsons do shit like that because it's always, it's done with love. It's done very well. Somebody else talk about the shower scene really quick. Oh, let me. Tell us, Kyle. Kyle. I want to knock it down a peg. Just oh. for the sole thing that I was watching it and 20th century violence has desensitized me. Yeah. I was watching it like, oh, yeah, in the 60s, this would have been crazy. Like, look at that knife go up and down. Mm-hmm. But in the year of our Lord, 2021, which is when we were recording this, magic, what? baby. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, like, I don't see any penetration with the knife. Mm-mm. I don't see any blood until it's, like, over. Mm-mm. By today's standards, Too bad. it's very tame. But at the time, I could see that as being, oh, this is going to get the movie, like, taken out of theaters. Like, you got to be careful, Alfie. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that he had to fight with the MPAA about a lot of it in order to make it decent enough for it to be able to come out in theaters. It's been re-rated a lot, too. Like, when it first came out, it was PG, and then when PG-13 became a thing, it was PG-13, and now it's an R-rated movie, I guess. I I believe so. It was R on the version I saw today. That doesn't really make sense to me. What do you mean? Like, why is it rated R? This is PG-13, like, totally. I I would imagine it's film people being like we're not gonna make the greatest movie of all time psycho pg-13 art starts at r (laughs) i guess that is true in some aspects but um yeah maybe just because of like disturbing subject matter i don't know um that man thinks he's a lady (laughs) his mother r um so i think what hitchcock did was he basically threw in a bunch of stuff that he didn't mind getting cut in order to really save the um, the juice, which was, you know, the reveal at the end, the shower scene, the stuff that he, th- he felt was really mostly important to the movie, and they fell for it. Those stupid assholes. Idiot. Hashtag MPA. bitchcock. Bitchcock. <laughs> you just got bitchcocked. Hey there, sports fans. It's your old pal Kyle cutting in real quick just to say I got a new podcast available at the $5 tier on Patreon called This Podcast is About, and I go through the six Howling sequels and I tell you what they're all about. Spoiler alert, none of them are about vampires. Do you want to know what they are about? Oh, you'll have to tune in to find out, and I'll see you there. This Podcast is About and much, much more unlocked at the $5 level on Patreon.com slash podcast. I like my new headcanon of Alfred Hitchcock being a in-your-face, like, frat boy kind of thing. It's like, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to have the shower scene, man. You just got bitch-cocked. <laughs> going to see your titties. I can drink more and eat more than your fucking whore mother. <laughs> Actually, I like that version better. I love he still it. keeps his somber oh tone. God. Why aren't we just recording this whole episode with, like, you as our special guest, <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock from Beyond the Grave? Oh. <gasps> Good evening. We should do that for our final one. I am thinking of bonus shows. Where is Tippy? How many impressions can Jarrett do? We just we have an episode where we interview Jennifer Tilly, an episode where we interview Alfred Hitchcock. What else you got in your bag, Jarrett? Oh wait, who does Jarrett do really well? I have some stoppers. Jarrett, which one? Malcolm McDowell. He does a good Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, that was it. Jimmy Stewart. (laughs) He does a fantastic Jimmy Stewart. Oh, I love it. Ugh. Do oh, it. That's, oh, yeah. that's a month right there. I'm gonna write that down. I was supposed to put my. Oh, I was at the Holiday Inn and I stuck my p- 
pecker into the jet and walk. <laughs> no. Oh, this is happening, man. It's in Fred's house and Talk Bill's house. Talk about Zuzu's petals. <laughs> what? I, I don't know. You're going into, like, Don Knotts territory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The brochure said there was only going to be a few. <laughs> This is too many. <laughs> Why are there so many ostriches? That's the best joke Family Guy ever did. Uh, Jared, what did you think of the shower scene? I thought the shower scene was quite moist and incredible. There was a lot of water. <laughs> are you I eating mean, chocolate it, cake at the, the moment? Uh, Blink twice for you. I'm eating chocolate cake at the moment. I, I'll, oh, Alma will take a message for me once I, and I'll call you back once I eat this delicious chocolate cake. No! Oh my god, oh, Mr. Hitchcock, you dirty birdie. He is. Uh, shower scene, I think, was solid. It obviously, I mean, for the time, that's like, I, I feel like that's the first time, like, hundreds, if not millions of people saw a, like, cutting like that before, mm-hmm. like, because what? How many? How many cuts is it? It's uh, it's the name of that documentary. You yeah, just mentioned. it's fifty-two um, seconds. There are seventy-eight separate cuts. Damn. Uh, separate shots in in that fifty-two second window of of that murder. Um, that's insane. Which is so. It that was it was the first time I think a lot of people had seen anything edited that way. It was really one right. of the first times that we've we see a woman suffer. Not suffer. <laughs> they all suffered. But oh, I think it was really like one of the first times that we see a woman's body under assault like that. Do you know what and I mean? Isn't this, yeah. this is like, yeah. And I think this movie was like also like the first movie to ever show a bathroom, uh, like a toilet on screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, a toilet flushing. But I think there was like one movie that did it before Psycho, but nobody remembers that movie. I think what's, what's really the most iconic about about this scene besides the f- all of those other things that we've just listed is that like Alfred Hitchcock totally broke the like director audience code with this movie. He totally makes people feel unsafe with the way mm-hmm. that he takes a movie star like Janet Lee <coughs> and murders her. Murders her within the first half of the movie when you think she's going to be the main character. That was unheard of. You you see like a the a brief, quick shadow of a nipple, but she was using a body double, um, so it's not Janet Lee. Um, it's her in some of the shots. It's someone else in in the other shots. Like the fact that they could see her belly button was just like, oh my god, that is scandalous. <gasps> the skin of a woman. Wasn't that, that gaze. Alfred? Wasn't that that? That that wasn't that that Orson Welles movie he made in the fifties, Shadow of a Nipple. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I think that's coming up later in the month.
know that the blood was actually Hershey's syrup? It, it was. Reminds me of The Simpsons when they're talking to the movie people for Fallout Boy. And it's like, oh, why are you painting uh, spots on that horse? Yeah, because cows don't look like cows. So we got to paint horses. <laughs> what do you do if you got to do a horse? Yeah, we tape a bunch of cats together. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was, that was, that was, I was thinking the entire scene. It's like, well, how do we get the blood to look like blood? Well, what if we paint tape a bunch of cats together? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I got something. It's not about the shower scene. If that's okay. No, go ahead. Okay. And it's also not one scene. It's more of a sequence. Okay. Is her her flight with the money. Yeah. such a... That, I love the music that just it it stress every second as she's oh like is that my is that my boss see me drive away like I'm not supposed to be around here uh-huh. and then when she's like talking to the cop and like so <laughs> Cammy like, you said he was uh, creepy earlier but I think he was being a standard police officer when a woman wakes by the side of the road and refuses to talk to you and drives away as fast as she can that's criminal behavior uh-huh. so I mean being yes. bored he could follow her see her trying to as quick as she can get a different car is more suspicious mm-hmm. like he was and i he applied in my opinion in view of cops the perfect amount of pressure but not pressure like yeah. for a guilty person he's being very you know oh he's suspicious he's looking everywhere he's taking notes mm-hmm. but if she was innocent just be like oh okay like i'm sorry i slept here i'll drive away and she wouldn't give him a second thought yeah and i think that really added to the Oh, just the stress for her, and I loved it. I was yeah. with her. The first time I saw this, I was... I enjoyed the first half, the non-psycho half, a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> yeah, and because it's so suspenseful. It's like... It's like, I can't think of a reason up. why you can't get away with this, but things keep happening that's going to derail you. Come on, young crane. Young crane. Frazier? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh, Mary. <laughs> oh, mother. I think I think when you come out with a movie called Psycho, the title is Psycho. When she steals a bunch of money and leaves, you sort of assume that she's not the psycho in question. You assume, yeah, she'll find her psycho, presumably related yes. to the money. So the fact that we get that cop. Who's kind of a like? Oh, is this the psycho in the movie's title? It's like building suspicion, suspicion, I guess. But I meant suspense, building Suspicions. suspense from the title of the movie alone. Yeah. Um, and that's how you do it. It's sort of feeding a little bit of information to the audience, and then letting them wait for that information to come to light. Yeah. That's all it is, and it's so effective. It's so good. Um, yes. Yes. It's like in Sharknado when you're expecting the Sharknado to appear. So you're looking at every tornado and you're like, is that the one? Does that one have all the sharks? Yes, it is. Jarrett, give us give us a scene. Uh, the one of the scenes I always thought was like super cool was just kind of like, it's so brief in the movie, but like kind of just like when... Obviously, Marion was dating Sam, Mm -hmm. who was trying to get her. He was going through a divorce. And then Sam uh, was eventually he found out that Marion was like in some kind of trouble. Mm -hmm. Hence her sister coming onto the scene to come find her. Yeah. But um, once the sister, I guess, uh, because was it 
Marion's sister the one who hired Arbogast? Yes. The interactions, I would say, between like Sam and um, Lila mm -hmm. and Arbogast, I thought were super interesting yeah. and very telling. I, I just really like that actor in general mm -hmm. uh, that plays Arbogast. Um, but one of the biggest, the scene that has always stuck with me from this movie was like, I don't know what kind of fucking lens he used for that, for the scene where he... Arbogast gets into the Bates Motel or inside the main house uh -huh. and he's like walking up the stairs yeah. and it's just like the way it's shot is just like the entire background is like completely almost like washed out. Uh -huh. But like the only thing in focus is Arbogast and he and then all of a sudden you get that super cool aerial shot. Like the unknown woman comes out of nowhere and totally just like knifes him in the fucking like across the face and he... um just kind of the way he's almost like dancing down the stairs when he goes down there, like a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. Fred Astaire here and dead. He doesn't lose his balance until he's at the bottom of the stairs and then he's dead. You always expect yeah. one more step and then. Yeah. Um, I guess um, Alfred Hitchcock was unavailable to shoot the scene where he's walking up the stairs in the house where Arbogast is walking up the stairs he was sick or something. I don't know. But um, they shot it without him. And he came back and he was like, hey, you did you did a pretty good job, actually. But it kind of looks like he's walking up the stairs to murder someone. So I think we're going to have to reshoot it anyway. Um, so, yeah, they they had to reshoot it. But that shot was good, but it wasn't Hitchcock good. Do it again. Bitchcock. Yeah. You've just been bitchcocked. <laughs> I have a terrible cold. Leave the cake and get out of my dressing room. <laughs> Leave the cake. That's probably on his gravestone, right? <laughs> Orson Welles sent me this cake. It had a bite taken out of it. Orson Welles and Alfred Hitchcock are sharing fish sticks in heaven. No, they're in hell. In hell. I think another well-known fact about the shower scene, going back to the shower scene, is that I'm going back to the shower scene, Kyle. <laughs> I feel dirty talking about that old woman. Blah, Give me blah, back blah. in the shower scene. Uh, ah, fresh. First of all... Did everyone wash their necks? I, <laughs> I didn't notice this until I, I heard it in that documentary that I was talking about. and uh, But the only time, the first time in the movie that you see Marion look genuinely happy... Is when she's in the shower, when she steps into the shower and she's like, ah, yes, you know, nothing can go wrong just, in here. She's just decided to give back the money. She's like, everything's going to be OK. This was a momentary lapse in judgment. Like, I'm going to be fine. She remembered to bring her loofah with her. Yeah. For, you know, <laughs> for, you know, washing her butt. I call this one Dr. Loomis. Masturbation. <laughs> Dr. Loomis. Uh, That's a beanie loof. And then, um. Also, pretty well-known fact, the shower head, um, when you have the shots where, where the water is coming directly from the shower head, you're, it's, you're looking directly at the shower head with the water coming at you. Uh, it was a six-foot wide shower head with the <laughs> middle bigots, I guess, um, off so that they could film it and have the water come out at the camera, around the camera, without getting the camera wet. Oh, um, I see. Which is just, like, nuts. 
Like we need this shot. We need we need the like direct look at the shower head. How do we make this possible? Oh, we build a giant shower. And it doesn't look big. No, I didn't at notice all. that at all. Uh-uh. It's amazing. Hollywood, man. So we've got the big reveal, of course. I love that. I love that more this time than I thought I would. Turn around. Um I wish that I had seen this movie without having it spoiled for me. I wish that the first time I saw it, it wasn't my, my sister is one of the lucky ones. My sister just saw this movie like a few years ago and she had no idea what was going to happen. Somehow all the references (laughs) had, I I think she knew, she knew about the shower scene, I think. But she didn't uh. know about the twist at the end. Like, she didn't know that Norman was the killer the whole time. That's re- I wish I had that experience. She Ugh. lived under a rock for the first 20 years of her life. I guess so. It's crazy. Huh. But, um, yeah, so that's great. Um, I, the, I think the weakest part of this movie is afterward, after Norman is in jail. And they're all sitting in the room, and the psychiatrist is like, explaining basically explaining to the dumb audience like what's going on yeah um no he thinks he's his mother because you know of this and this and this and it goes it goes on for too long i don't love that scene and it turns out yeah actually no um i like that uh not exactly it was in this and it was in sansa lambs where people keep assuming the worst of transvestites to be shot down by reasoned minds yeah because they thought buffalo bill was a transvestite and they was explained, no, he's it's a whole different, you know, condi- thing. Yeah. And then in this one again, it's like, oh, like he's uh, dressed up, he's a transvestite, right? It's like, no, 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 this is another complex mental situation. Yeah. Um, gonna say, yeah, I think I think that scene's a little bit boring and it goes on a little too long. Apparently, Alfred Hitchcock also didn't really like that scene, but um, I guess they had to keep it in. It tested Probably well like, with make audiences it like the trailer, or something. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> um. Long and boring. But that that final little, like, him just sort of staring into the camera with his, um, the inner monologue of the mother, you know, that's just awesome and really haunting. It's scary. I love that, watching it through the lens of, like, paying more attention, I think, into the first time of, Mm -hmm. oh, no, no, this is him as his mother saying like, Oh, I never trusted the boy. I don't know why I ever yeah. raised him like that. It's uh-huh. like, Oh man, this guy is like, I know he killed people and he dressed up as his mother, yeah. but no, like he's super fucked up. So, yeah. So I, I, okay. I'm a little confused. Did Norman kill his mom? Yes, he did. Okay. Um, I don't, I was like, did she and her lava? So I, I know that he killed him. And then, you know, earlier in the movie, he's talking about, he's like, oh, and the way he died was just, uh, well, you're eating, so I'm not going to tell you, you know? Um, I think the the second watch of this movie is great because then you know you're like, oh, I didn't catch that the first time. Oh, the clues were right uh, in front of yeah. me. Um, is that a braid in his hair? How could I not have seen it? <laughs> is he a Padawan? <laughs> That's so strange. Um <laughs> We should end this episode anyway. It's been it's been a long one. Okay, Jared, do you have anything else you want to say about any of the scenes or any of the movie? Uh, I love well, yeah, like at the end of it when he's just kind of sitting in the uh, with the the shock blanket on him, uh, uh-huh. and he's just and it's Plank just it. kind of like he's like I yes, 
Like, I wouldn't even harm a fly. And it just kind of does that little, like, there's, like, the overlay of, like, Mother's skull over Norman's yes. face. Yes. And just like, oh, yeah, so like, creepy. creepy. She's in him now. Yeah. She's in his bone. <laughs> Norman got boned Fabulous. by his mother. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Oof. I mean, <laughs> lucky guy. I don't know how long the base motel show I mean, went on, but maybe that happened, too. Oh, <gasps> yuck. I don't know. I didn't watch oh, that Oh, I thought show. the mom... Just called the good doctor to come over. <laughs> I tried watching that show, but the first episode really lost me where, like, they move into a new town, they start this motel, and then the guy who used to own it comes barging in the first night drunk with a gun. It's like, I'm going to rape and murder you both. And they kill him in self-defense. And the mother's like, we have to hide it, Norman. No one will come to our hotel or, yeah, our motel if they think we murdered this man. It's like, no, call the police. Like, yeah, he came in drunk with a gun. Like, you're, you win. Yeah. And after that's like, oh, this That's is silly. mother manufactured drama. Mm. Grr. I forgot that the guy's name was going to be Sam Loomis. And so when they said, oh, Sam, <laughs> I love you. It's like, oh, that's neat. And then when it said Mr. Loomis, I'm like, doctor? Yeah. He's... I almost rewound the movie to, to double check. Yeah. They named Dr. Loomis in Halloween after this Sam Loomis. Yeah. I'm moving to Illinois to fight evil. <laughs> I need to work in my target practice. That way I can put six bullets in him, I swear. <laughs> I'll lick the stamps, Sam. I'll lick them six times. <laughs> I... Hey, Ronnie, you little asshole. <laughs> ah! oh. Lonnie, not Ronnie. Wow, what am I th- Lonnie, get your ass away from there. <laughs> ah! I'm going to be in the 2018 <laughs> version. Ah! <laughs> Oh boy, but we we already have an episode about that movie, don't we, folks? Do we want to rate this bad boy? Oh, uh, let's rate it. Rate it, baby. All right, remember, audience, it's one through five hitchies. Or if you think this movie is above and beyond so great, you want to tell everyone that as soon as you're done watching it, you give it the cock. Mm. I love. Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the verge of loving and hating that. That's our <laughs> system. Uh, who wants to go first? Jarrett does. Kyle, lay it on us. Oh, I do? Yes, you do. All right, I'm going to spread my legs and take that cock. Oh, oh really? Whoa! This is probably the best. I mean, at the end, when it's what he's known for, it's it, this movie's so good. It's like every every piece of the... It's not it's not quite midsummer level where like every frame you could like screenshot and put it on your wall, but like it's pretty fucking close. Super yes. well made. Uh, the characters are great. I actually give a shit about them. And just, like, for the time being, like, to kill off your main character with, like, what? Like, 35 minutes in, 25 minutes in. I love it. Gets the whole cock. Well, see, now I feel guilty. Because as I said at the beginning, I know academically that this is a masterpiece. But I enjoyed Rope more. Interesting. Um, You're fired. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get out! Get out of my house. Uh, I'll give this one a three, just because as a 21st century boy, it's not going to hit me the same way it would audiences back in the day. It's a classic, I know, but time has ruined me for the movie, and I can't appreciate it as much as I need to. Oh, no. Three hitches. Yeah, it is your fault. (laughs) I mean, I blame society more often than myself, but okay, yes. We can all agree that if I had seen this in 1960, opening night, like if... You could wipe my mind and teleport me there now. I'd be on the edge of my seat, like, "What the fuck? This is this is art." But going into it, it's like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be. He's his mom. I know. Oh yeah, she's gonna. She's in the shower. I know. I cannot appreciate it to the level I should." 
You would have came home and tried to kill your mother that night <laughs> if you saw this in 1960. I'm going to kill you, Mom. You mean just like Norman, babe. You mean tried again. Uh-huh. Mommy's uh-huh. resilient. Oh, she no. took that bullet, just came oh. steaming at me. Steaming. What were you? What was your name at the beginning of the show? Mommy's little. Mommy's fancy goose. little boy. Oof. Fancy little boy. Every time you say that, like my entire body <laughs> clenches, like all of it. I. My nostrils oh, mommy, just you like shrunk. Your diaphragm. Did you guys ever watch the show Kimmy Schmidt? Uh, first two seasons. No. <laughs> There's a uh, a character she dates like a rich British guy, mm-hmm. and a recurring joke in the series is that like there's this musical called Daddy's Boy, <laughs> about a boy who's just really into his daddy, oh, no. and it's like it, the joke is like oh no it's about a wholesome relationship it was made in, like the 1950s and it's been banned in like 39 countries. <laughs> oh my god, uh, I saw a movie like that the other night. It was called uh, uh, it was about a uh, a girl getting close to her stepfather. Uh, I believe it's called The Orphan. Oh yuck! That's I a, made an interesting meme about it did. that maybe I'll put on the uh, the Instagram story. But uh, do it, yeah, we'll see. Do it, Cammy. Maybe I'll do it right now. Where do you stand? Cock. Does he get some hitches or cock? Okay, two cock, cocks. Kyle. It's two, like cockapalooza. Yeah, two, cocks. two cocks and a three. <laughs> they call that a half a, a two thirds turkey in you bowling. Know they, you know what they say? It's Woo! two in the pink, three po- three in the stink. <laughs> Because I gave it three. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> All right, I should have thought that out a little bit more beforehand, but I, I'm sticking with it. Three in the hitch, <laughs> two in the cock. <laughs> this is terrible. This is the worst rating system ever. I love it. <laughs> We're sticking with it, boys and ghouls. We're oh, not changing now. We can't I change can't mid wait. mid season. All right. No, we're not going to change it. I love it. I love it too much. Um, I hate to do this, but if you would like to know some more juicy, juicy information about the film Psycho and the making of the movie, uh, of course, watch 7852. Fantastic documentary. There's also um, another podcast uh, called Inside Psycho from uh, Wondery, uh, who also made Inside the Exorcist. So. so full of information. It's like a six-part series about about the making of Psycho, um, and it is super informative. So head over there if you want to learn more. If not, and you're okay with the level of information that we give you here on this show, don't hesitate to listen to our other episodes. And if you already have, I'm sorry. You have to wait till next week. Huh. Yeah. But I digress. What are we talking about next week? <gasps> What are we talking about next week? I, I was going to slide the phone over to you, but I'm just going to say it instead. Do Rear it. window. Rear window with special guest Kaylee. Did it, did it. Yes. Kaylee will be on that episode joining us because she loves Rear Window. And I love the Simpsons episode that's based on Rear Window. And A I Nightmare in Evergreen Terrace. We all do. What? <laughs> Bart's, that getting, is... Bart's getting weird and isolated. <laughs> <laughs> is it St. Swiggins Day already? Yes. No, it is. Replied Aunt Helga. Now, all oh, the crazy, queen of summer. Crazy, <laughs> crazy looking kids looking at me. Uh, right. <laughs> all right. I'm going. I'm going. All right. Uh, Who wants to plug first? 
Oh my goodness, oh my gracious. It's uh thank you so much for listening to our take a look. It's in a book about Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's 1960 classic. You can find me, your boy, J Dog, J Dizzle and the Hizzle at on Instagram at Daddy underscore Dangerfield. Oh my goodness, Cabby, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Magic Ghost Baby. You can find me on Twitter at Crambly. Uh, and you can find us as a network on Instagram at Spooky Time Network. You can find us on Twitter as well at Spooky Time Net. Kyle. Yes. Where can we find you? Oh, golly. I, w- I wasn't ready. Let me put my tie back on. Oh. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Fievel Goes West. It's all one word, baby. Um <laughs> tell you what if you want something better than that you can find me on our patreon i recently finished doing a little show it's called this podcast is about where i tell you that the howling sequels are not about werewolves and i go Uh, into detail what a bummer oh they were terrible movies and i feel sick thinking about them (laughs) and if you smooth talking friends want to donate 101 double odd to our patreon you can get access not only to that show that's a five dollar show but if you do a hundred i will Pour chocolate on Cammy and Jared every time they shower for a week. Ah. Wow. Then I'm going to stab one of them. I like to be <gasps> dicky. It'll probably be me. I mean, probably. Probably. I'll have to find a way to dye your hair blonde first without you realizing. Oh, my. It's like half blonde already. It could be blonder. Is it Hitchcock oh blonde? My. It is not Hitchcock blonde. No, sir. We got to get a Hitchcock blonde. No. It's like oh Harmony Kareem blonde. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Well. Well, as Kyle did mention previously, please give our Patreon, patreon.com slash spooky time podcast a visit for the price of a cup of coffee. You can get a whole mess of rewatches, bonus content, and lots of other fun and crazy stuff. Oh, that link again, patreon.com slash spooky time podcast. Please, oh please, tell your friends about the show, tell your enemies, but be sure to give us a rating in Apple Podcasts. Five stars will do, pretty please. And uh, yeah, leave us a comment, a rating, uh, subscribe, it helps. And yeah, that's I think all, that's all I got. What about you guys? I'm plugged up, baby doll. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah. Daddy-o. Too much cheese. (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's what I meant. All right, we'll see oh, you all yeah. next week. Bye 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 bye. Goodbye. Yes, rear motherfucking window. Peace. Peace.